And so I was flipping through the channels and then uh, I saw the commercial that forever changed my life. Yeah. And it was Lauren Toyota and Scotty Willits. And I happened to stop on Much Music and they said, do you want to be the next Much Music BJ? And I was like, why the hell not? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing anyways. (laughs) Thank you for taking the time and joining us on Cast of Creators, Chloe. I'm so stoked. I have been seeing the people you've had on. I'm like, oh, shit, I've got some big shoes to fill. But no, honestly, I'm so excited to connect with both of you. I mean, this is going to be great. Likewise. Well, I heard your name a lot during the pandemic, funny enough, um, because we were sort of house hunting and you were transforming this schoolhouse into a home. And Talia was raving about this whole process, and we were like, "Look, people!" It was when people were talking about moving up north. Yeah, and that was I was, was like, "Move up north." <laughs> so, where did this idea come from? And tell us about the process that you went through. Oh my gosh! First of all, I just want to say, Casey, I know that you like were part of the mass exodus, and you were doing your cold exposure, and I was like, "She's living the dream. She's living out of the city, within nature, while the world is crumbling." And you were one of the many people that were like, oh, we need to get out of this city more. The city was a bit of a a challenging place during the pandemic. And my partner, Ben, and I have always had a we've always had many, many dreams. The bucket list is long. But one of them was to convert a really unique business um, and to turn it into an Airbnb. So find a really, really awesome property that just spoke to us on like a granular level and put our spin on it. Yeah. And we spoke to the bank and we may or may not have said that we were also considering leaving the city yeah. to rent our downtown apartment. And the bank loves when you live on a street like King West. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll give you another mortgage <laughs> if you guys are going to rent out your loft on King Street West. And so here you go. This is what you can play with. And so we we're like, oh, gosh, this feels almost too good to be true. But let's jump on it. Like, what an amazing opportunity that the bank is trusting us with this. We're not sure we should be trusted with this. And then we started the search. At first, we were kind of hoping for uh, a converted church. We love stained glass windows and the A-frame and just this idea of a space being used one way and then being given a new life. But uh, very hard to find in Ontario. And usually they're right off a highway. Have you seen that gorgeous church? Mm -hmm. No. Oh, I'm going to show you something really cool. No, they're amazing. Like you can do so much with the space. It just like speaks volumes. And then finally, we found this house in Kawartha Lakes and it just had a unique vibe to it immediately you were drawn. And so we booked a show and we're like, let's go, let's go. Maybe this will be our house. At this point, we'd seen so many. And as soon as we drove up, this is how I imagine some women feel when they put on a wedding dress, the (laughs) flutters in their tummy. That's how I felt like driving up to this house. Built in 1900, was the school for the local kids back in the day, was converted into a home in the 50s. And we kind of put our own spin on it and we did it. We did it. And it was hard. It was really, really challenging pulling up carpet. I think my wrists are still feeling it because you have to do it by hand with little pliers. And we learned a lot. What I will say is Ben and I really came together (laughs) with a a naive sense of we can do this with absolutely no idea what we were doing. And it was very humbling. It was kind of great. It was so, so rewarding. And then to see people actually rent the place enjoy it. Tell us about their experience. And also it was a full circle moment. We had hoped that when people 
go to the schoolhouse, they unwind, they reconnect with themselves, with their loved ones or with nature. Toronto's great. I love living here. But the hustle and bustle and this sense of like needing to grind all the time is palpable. Yeah. And so sometimes you need to escape. It's it's stressful. You need to just run. It's just a lot at times. Yeah. And that's what we wanted to do. And it's been such a ride, like such a fun ride. So when you first walk into it and you decide, okay, we're going to do this. Um, and then you make that offer. So now you're making an offer to buy the place. Um, and then you're going to have now a monthly payment. So you know that you're going to have to keep it booked X amount. So you run the numbers on it and it's like, okay, it's a go. We could do this. Then you've got a very limited time that you want to rental that place because mm-hmm. you're paying for it every time, every day that that's not rented. Um, you're paying that, you know, monthly payment on it. So what do you get out of an Excel spreadsheet, put your list together, like try and figure out what you want to do. And, and you went at it hardcore for like two months. That would have been a great idea. <laughs> if ever you're going to do a project like this, friends, I highly recommend you be organized. We had no, when I say we had no idea what we were doing, like we bought a home in the country that runs on a well and a septic tank. And we were just like, I don't know, I guess we'll figure it out. Yeah. Thank goodness we had amazing neighbors. Gordon Carroll, we love you. Um, lovely, lovely women and men of a certain vintage that surround us in that yeah. neighborhood saved us. They were like, okay, great. This is going to be your well guy. This is going to be your septic guy. This is going to oh. be who's going to help you in the winter. Um, you know, cluster flies are a problem in the country. So this is your pest control. They came together and saved us because we had no idea what we were doing. And as far as renos, I I was under the impression we were going to be slapping on a coat of paint, updating the light fixtures. Meanwhile, my fiance, Ben, was like, oh, no, no, we're going to be changing the tiling. We're going to be installing new floors. He had grand plans that just kept getting more and more grand as we got into the project. And so what we thought was going to be a 30 day turnaround to get it rented to pay for itself, like you just said, it ended up being three months of a wild ride and I was holding on for dear life. I'm more of the numbers girl. Like I'm tracking right. finances and he's extremely creative that's and awesome. a dreamer and that's what I love about him. And I kept having to be like, oh my gosh, we have to read it in. I remember having a full blown breakdown in Home Depot when we were purchasing the new floors that were not budgeted for because there was no plan. And I was like, we can't do this. This is too much. We have a mortgage downtown. We have a mortgage here. And I just had to, uh, I just had to lean in and say yes. And yeah, I would definitely have more of a plan next time, have more of a budget going into it. Um, and, but the thing is, is because we didn't have a budget, we didn't have an allocated amount of money. We had to be really thrifty. And so we like went to a bunch of Salvation Armies. We went antique shopping. I was on Facebook Marketplace constantly looking for the pieces we knew we wanted. We wanted a certain vibe, lots of oak and lots of warmth. But we couldn't afford, you know, the restoration hardware couch that sets you back six grand. We had $400 (laughs) that we had to spend on that couch. And thankfully, some guy in Toronto who had many cats in his house (laughs) was selling his. And so we disinfected that baby and it did the job. So we had to get really creative. I think that was the thing when you go in without a plan and then you're stuck in a corner you have no choice but to just sit and cry or to get up and make a plan yeah and that was kind of the fun of it yeah well you know one of the things that i took advantage of when we we recently moved to a, a home just north of here um that i would definitely do if i bought an airbnb place is if you buy it's a wayfair shout out okay <laughs> if you buy a wayfair okay Nelson loves wayfair oh i love Wayfair. <laughs> and and um 
one of the reasons I love Wayfair is they offer you a three or five year protection plan if you want to buy it on pretty well all of the stuff that you buy on carpets, on on everything. So it would be nice because you'd buy the couch, you get the five year protection plan. If people just wear it out or trash it or spill something on it, you know that like you've got that other couch coming. So that's genius, eh? Anyone yeah. who owns a rental property is now like, okay, I'm going to head to Wayfair, Wayfair yeah. Business yes, Account. Yes, totally. Yeah. All, a lot <laughs> yeah. of the stuff I got, because I'm, I'm always thinking of Ariel gradually, you know, stuff spills. So, yeah. um, and they grow. A lot of the stuff I got has all protection plans, like all my bar stools, all my carpets, all, all the stuff's all protected. All the, I just bought new umbrellas. They're all protected. <laughs> the sun, like the sun damage, like it doesn't matter what it is. They're all protected. Where were you a couple years ago when oh, we were making these big choices? Yes, I'm, I'm like thinking about my patio. I'm thinking about the cottage. Like, okay. I mean, they need to start a clothing line because the amount of stuff yeah. I spill on clothing, if there was a protection plan, that would be great. I just realized I was doing a meeting for Hover. And I didn't change my background. Oh, that cast of creators. Yeah. Welcome matter. to cast of creators it, presented can by be, Heather. Yeah, people can be like, you know, subs through, but I might as well change it. Yeah. Um, so then you get to the point where it's like, okay, it's done. It's ready to list. You do the pictures. So you take the pictures of the place. And you probably look at it and be like, you know, we would stay here. I, I'd stay here, right? Like I would imagine that would be sort of my attitude. I'd look at the place and be like, you know, I'd, I'd actually rent yeah. this place. This is fantastic. And then you put it up. And how quick's your next booking? Like, what's it like now Now somebody books it? What's that Ooh, like? You go in so helpful. Yeah, you I are bet. like, this is going to, we're going to get rich off of Airbnb. Like, right. we're going we're gonna to make so much money. We're not going to know what, like, the government's going to come after us for taxes. Yeah. Like, we were excited to make some cash and pay that mortgage. And we took some beautiful pictures. Like, again, I'm super biased. It's my vibe. It's what I like. Yeah. We put it up there and it was crickets. And I was like, oh, oh no. my God. Not only have we been renovating for months, uh, now we're not getting any bookings. So we kind of had to hack the Airbnb algorithm. Yeah. And we had a bunch of friends and family book it, but we did it at a discount for like a dollar. It didn't actually stay there. Right. But we had them book. We gave them a discount. So the total cost was a dollar. Mm-hmm. And then we had them write reviews. Reviews. Yeah. Because we had to get the algorithm to recognize us as yeah. an established place that, you know, was yeah. decent to their guests. And once we hacked their algorithm, then we really started to see bookings. Amazing. And then, you know, we used the power of social media. Yeah. There was a, a great account. I'd have to look it up and give it to you afterwards. But Basically, it was, I mean, now there's so many of them, but early days in the pandemic, there were services where people would go stay at your cottage for free, of course. Yeah. They would post it on their page and they would host a giveaway. And by hosting a giveaway, people would end up following your Instagram page, following their Instagram page. So it was very much a win-win, plus it was a money transaction and somebody got a free stay. And so that actually helped create a lot of hype for the schoolhouse. And from then on, we were fully, fully booked. Like early days of the pandemic were tough, but thankfully we were were able to travel locally once it was deemed safe to do so. And that's when the local Airbnb market really, really took off. Um, Amazing. Yeah. But where it got a little bit tricky because it's not all sunshine and rainbows is, you know, we're recording this April of 2023. We're in a bit of a recession. Yeah. And so people who are fortunate and privileged enough to still be able to travel are booking those plane tickets and they're traveling abroad. But a lot of people who may be traveling locally is their getaway. Those are the people that are kind of 
wasn't getting hit hard right, right. now with the recession. Yeah. So the local Airbnb market, while it was thriving, is actually hitting a bit of a lull. And yeah. so that's also been, you know, quite humbling because we were like, oh, we thought we had this killer Airbnb and now yeah. we're having to supplement the mortgage now and then. But it'll all come around. I think we're just kind of going through a collective tough time financially yeah. right now. And when people are ready to go out and to escape, the schoolhouse will always be there for them. So what are the levers that you could pull though to like could you decide to get a long-term tenant at just sort of the mortgage rate and get somebody to cover that if you wanted through a market like this i mean possibly but selfishly like we love to go up there yeah so while like yes it's a business really it's like a business that funds our family getaways Mm -hmm. yeah um my family lives in ottawa ben's family lives in aurelia in like a beautiful little home but it's quite small yeah they don't have an extra bedroom for us to stay there my mom lives in a tiny townhouse in ottawa so sometimes it does make it a little hard to get people together Mm -hmm. and so the schoolhouse has been this home base for people to come together and so and just for ben and i as well to escape and just take a yeah. break from the city. Fantastic. So it's kind of like selfish, but I don't want long-term tenants. How many people can stay there? So it's- I'm like, it's, give me no, no. Because I remember during the <laughs> pandemic when friends were staying, but I was like, I've always wanted to stay there. It just hasn't worked out for me. Yeah. It didn't work out then. But how many people can stay? So it's a quaint house, which was also really important for us. So it's a two-bed, two-bath home. There's a pullout and like we always have an air mattress if ever people are down to get like campy with it. Yeah. But we actually wanted a home that didn't have more than two to three bedrooms because we didn't want the party Airbnb crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends and I many moons ago would definitely be those people to rent out Airbnbs, host big parties, leave them less than desirable. Yeah. And we definitely didn't want to tap that crowd. So we're like, you know what? We're going to make this a slightly more elevated cost. We're going to keep it a small kind of bedroom count and really tap into like couples, couple friends or like young families. And there's a sauna. And there's a cedar barrel sauna, which is oh, my right. absolute and favorite. And there's a cold oh, tub, but you have to, but you have to be a friend to use the cold tub because okay, okay. it's like in the shed, tucked away. Okay, and it okay. has to be someone we trust because you have to fill it up, dump okay. it safely. If it was me, you'd be like, 100%. Here, <laughs> Anyone who hits me up and they're like, can we use a cold tub? I'm like, of course you can yeah yeah, yeah yeah a sauna and a cold tub was an well, absolute like, must i would just like to go there by myself actually 100 <laughs> i just want to run away safe. there by myself for a little bit <laughs> you know it's it's like so dreamy to me just being out there in the woods yeah don't going in the cold going in the sauna I mean, what more? Quiet. What more? What yeah. you want? It's, is it booked this weekend? <laughs> or next? Now? Maybe. <laughs> no, 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 it's great. Sometimes you yeah. just need a getaway. Yeah, totally. totally. So, are you from rural Ontario to begin with? Where are you from? No, my gosh, I was born in Lévis, Quebec. Oh, so, super francophone for the first five wow. years of my life. Do you speak fluent French? Oh, it's been a very, very long okay. time. I didn't. I was. I was I raised in a French household till the age of five, and then when my parents split. Then I started moving around quite yeah. a lot. Spent some time in Quebec, then Montreal. Then we lived in Seattle, came back to Hudson, which is like a super small town outside Montreal. That was like my home base for a yeah. long time. Then moved downtown Montreal for university. And now I've been in Toronto 10 years. Oh, Okay. So you went to high school in Hudson. Yes. Do you know Hudson? No. Okay, guys. Hudson, <laughs> Quebec, teeny tiny town. It's really developed now. Like when I grew up there, there were no streetlights. So when I had oh my to God, really? drive, so I had to go to like the next town to, you know, practice what it would be like to like drive through a light and not just one of those like flashing ones that tells everyone to stop because it's a four-way stop sign. How many people went to your high school? I mean, at the time it felt like a big high school because, you know, you're a kid and it's all you know. Right. But uh, honestly, I have no idea. Like I'd have to like Google it. Now when I drive past, it's tiny. I'm like, this is a very small building. Like it's like a three-story building. 
teeny tiny. But at the time, it felt like a big, massive world. Like when I go back now, I'm actually heading back next weekend because all my friends are popping out babies. So it's baby shower galore. Yeah. And I can't wait to see them. But I always love to drive past the old high school and all my old stomping grounds. And it looks so minuscule now. I I do that whenever I go home. When I like to go home to Cambridge, that's where I grew up. And like I drive past people's houses who used to live there and call out their name as I drive by (laughs) and go see my old schools. It's like every time. It's It's so fun fun walking down memory lane. Like I love it. I'm like, I'm very okay not living there. It's not the life for me, but I love going back there and like reconnecting with everyone. You know? Yeah. And now it's become like a real cute town. Now it's like a PEC small town. Oh, no. You know, like there's breweries, there's sushi shops. You can get oysters if you want. Like, yeah, there's there's probably a lot of Airbnbs. (laughs) Probably a ton of Airbnbs. There's traffic lights. Like, things have come a long way. Like, there's a $7 coffee around now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when I was (laughs) was like, one, yeah, 100%. It was 50 cents. Yeah. You could probably get a matcha oat latte. Like, that's how far we And seven, seven bucks. Of course. In, In Beaverton, our little town by our cottage, which is probably even maybe smaller than Hudson would be. Yeah, it's it's the, the coffee's the price of Toronto. I, I can't believe it. You, you get a pastry no and a coffee and you're like, $15. Yeah. yeah, and the pandemic's been amazing for Beaverton. Like the place is oh, completely transformed. But we've got two really trendy spots, one trendier than the other. Good coffee, amazing pastries. You haven't been to any. No, I haven't been. That's where I'm going. Um, and, um, but the coffee, you go in there, you know, we, we got a matcha, like a matcha something or, a, or, <laughs> or an oat milk latte. Yeah. And it's like a Toronto priced latte. I can't believe it half the time. Same with North Bay where Talia's from. You go up there. I went and I, I took my in-laws out for uh, lunch and it's like, it's crazy expensive. I'm for, saying a lot as someone who lives in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Toronto like, price. Yeah. so yeah, expensive yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, um, circling back to the Airbnb. Yes. I was in Dubai uh, late February and, and again in March. They've got a really good uh, market for Airbnbs for doing exactly what you did here, doing it there with a condo. I know a bunch of people are doing that and making with a great condo. Yeah, with a condo. Like fully renting. Yeah, making a lot of money on it. And the condos aren't that expensive. Right in the core of Dubai. The, there's, it's a great business there to do it. One day I want to go there. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's phenomenal. Totally recommend it. I actually went and he's obsessed now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, phenomenal. The only thing is it's like not next door. But no, like, but you don't have to change time zones. You, well, uh, I didn't change I'm time zones. Nelson stayed okay? in this time just, zone. You just end up staying late. <laughs> I stayed in the sun late. zone. <laughs> yeah, like, you oh don't have God. to change. Changing's, uh, it's not worth it. No one's up early there doing anything anyway. Because if you're going there for a week, it's not really worth it. Like, yeah. Because no. I've like, have you been to Australia? Not been to Australia, but I've been to Japan, South Africa, of China, yeah. South Africa. Yeah. So you want to go yeah. for like a, when you're going somewhere you want like that, you want to go for a while because like my family's from New Zealand. So I'm, that's super far place to go. And then you, it messes you up, especially when you come back. Oh yeah. yeah. I find it's worse when you come home. Yeah. Those are early rising places though. People get up early there. Oh yeah. 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 People don't get up so early in Dubai. <laughs> they stay out late Not only Dubai. do they not get up early, they, they don't book on a calendar invite. Nothing happened. Nothing went into my calendar, the whole thing. Uh, the first trip, I literally was, I slept uh, about, 10 hours for the six days, okay? The first trip. I know, it's so tired It was that you. busy. It was that busy. Not one thing went into my calendar. It was just like, you know, uh, something after something after something just 
chain Listen, the whole thing together. That gives me so much anxiety. I, know, I like really... live and die by my calendar. I know. Like I went there. I cal- my watch. Yes, hundred percent. Like I need to schedule in relax time. I need. Yeah. Like yes. I do the same thing. I'm not a. I like to be easy breezy, but I'm not an easy breezy person. I like things to be scheduled and slotted in. I don't know if Dubai and I could be friends. I'd have to try it though. You'd, you'd have to try. It. I'd have to try. You'd be it. surprised. You should go on. Um, you'd have to, have to, to go. Anymore. Not as you. You'd have to go and look at. Uh, um, packages. Go on Expedia and look at the packages for the fall. You can't go there now. It's too hot. But if you look at the fall, you'll be shocked. You but- know, I have friends um, like seven years ago, they were like, oh, we'll go spend one year in Dubai. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have not come back. I bet. No. They have fallen in love. They fell in love. They're yeah. so 100%. happy out there. Yeah. I, 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 I met some people who were like that who are from Toronto. Yeah. And they've, this exact same thing happened to them. And, and um, now... Pardon? I'm gonna. Go. Yeah, no, no. Now, um, you go there, and it just I, I hear that this is in the last like couple years. You go there, and it. Fe- I was shocked. It feels like Toronto. It's like the GTA. You'd be shocked. You'll go there. You'll be like, oh my gosh, this is like uh, the GTA here. Like it's like it, it doesn't feel foreign at all. And so I loved it. And I don't love many places. <laughs> True. A creature of habit. Yeah, a creature the of habit. Sense I'm getting. So, um, Quebec to then University of Montreal yeah. and then broadcasting in university? Or are you no, saying science-y? No, no. Yeah, no, I, I am a very anxious human. I am a very <laughs> introverted extrovert. I should not be in this industry. Um, but life <laughs> took me on a bit of a roller coaster wow. ride and here we are. So tell yeah. us about that ride. <laughs> yeah, ever since I was a kid, I was obsessed with science. Yeah. Like I was that kid, I was a weird child, but I would bring... Yes. Yeah, like I would bring my tadpoles to school because I was obsessed with tadpoles turning into frogs and they were my best buds and they came everywhere with me. And I was always fascinated by sciences. And so naturally I was like, well, I guess I'll become a doctor, you know, like I want to be a doctor without borders and travel the world and make the world a better place. And so I was on this track for a huge part of my life. And so what does that mean? You specialize in science. I went to Sage Up because I grew up in Quebec, focus on science, went to McGill University because they're a very well-respected scientific school, did BSc in psychology and neuroscience, loved it. Psychology and, then, and neuroscience. I know. Well, wow. a major and a minor, you know. Yeah, no, oh, no big deal. I'm just thinking, when I, I learned the, this about you, I was I'm like, just thinking all the credits and all the stuff. Trust me, it yeah. like all the... The cool knowledge in my brain has since melted because of all the entertainment knowledge I have. So yeah. <laughs> somewhere in there, I can tell you a lot about neurons and synapses, but I have to think really, really hard. <laughs> and then I ask you about a celebrity. <laughs> I got you. Um, and then I wrote my MCATs because that's what you do. It's the entrance exam. So you can apply into medical school. You sacrifice a summer and you study all summer long to write a ridiculously challenging full day exam. Um, And I did pretty well. And then I was really lucky. And I ended up getting an opportunity to go to Stanford to kind of shadow a bunch of doctors, um, sorry, students who were, of course, studying to become doctors. And I got to sit in on an open heart surgery. And it was a really, really unique experience. Shout out to my very good friend, Ashley Lowe. Her parents helped fund that opportunity. Sweet. Um, Really wonderful people. And while I was there, I remember feeling so lost and so unsure of this path that I had decided for myself. It was weird. I just checked in for the first time with myself since being such a type A person. I mean, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm never going to take my eyes off the prize. And for whatever reason, after being in this open heart surgery, which was the most amazing, beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life, I was like, shit, 
I don't know why, but like this doesn't feel right anymore. And I think I had been romanticizing this idea of being a physician. And uh, and then the people that I had been following and shadowing, my gosh, it's hard work. Like they are nonstop all the time. And what I realized in that moment was I really craved the connection of that human interaction. That's what I had been hoping and longing for. So in the moment, I was like, I guess maybe I don't become a doctor and apply to med school. And instead, I'll like go into nursing and I'll become a nurse practitioner and I'll open up my own clinic. And that's how I'll still help people. But I'll like really get to know my patients. So from one degree, I went straight into nursing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And uh, meanwhile, in addition to that, I was, you know, I was in my early 20s. So I was partying a lot. Um, heavy, heavy into the dubstep EDM scene of the time. So not a lot of sleep. I was also working multiple jobs to pay my rent and my way through school. And uh, on the outside, looking in, it looks like I had everything going on. I was on the McGill cycling team, but I was struggling on the inside, guys. Like for so long, I put on this mask that I was okay and I had it all together. But I was struggling so hard in the mental health conversation that long ago was just not where yeah, no it one is now. Anything back then. No. And everyone was like, she's Chloe's like, fine. Like she fine. runs yeah. and she cycles and she volunteers and she's like a great student at school. She's got these great friends and she's partying. Like she's good. She's good. Yeah. So no one ever really noticed that I wasn't okay. So I thought I was like, you know, getting away with it yeah. until finally halfway through my second degree. I just like had a massive burnout, like completely debilitating, couldn't function, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. Like I was really, really unwell. Thankfully, McGill had like a great mental health support system. Go ahead. Away at school. This happened while you were away. Well, I I mean, I I wouldn't call it away. Like, oh, yeah, I was living downtown. But yeah, I would. But you're in a dorm. No, you're living at home. No, gosh, I lived on my own. I moved out really young. Okay, so I'd been on my own for a very long time. Picturing the full scene, I'm trying to. Yeah, so picture me living in like a you know dingy little a basement apartment, five hundred dollars cash. Been there, girl. You know, we've all been there, (laughs) working really hard to pay my bills and pay for my textbooks and do all the things. Like I was doing all the things. Um. Yeah. And so then thankfully, thankfully, I had the support of like these professionals at school and they were like, you know what? Why don't you take a year off? Take a sabbatical. Your grades are great. You can take a year off, come back. Your grades won't be affected. You can keep your GPA because I was very grade hungry. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess that's what I'll do. because I, I don't think I'm okay. So that's January of 2013. I'm now in my year of sabbatical. I have no idea what the fuck I'm supposed to do to to feel better. Like, I I just didn't know. The conversations weren't the same back then. And I had been going, going, going for so long that I was like, I really don't know what to do. All my friends are busy becoming nurses and doctors and lawyers. And I'm just like sitting at home feeling sad. Like, it was a very, very tough time for me. I was very very lost and had like a massive identity crisis. Uh, that's the time, yeah, when you just you fuck ago. around and find yeah, out. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> was like, so I, I was like, what I'm like gonna do, okay. But I so I remember sitting on my couch and this is in Montreal and I was, I remember what I was wearing. It was a, <laughs> I feel like you would love it. It was a pink <laughs> pajama onesie with little booties okay. with white polka dots and uh, I was sitting on the couch crying and being like, I don't understand like why I'm yeah. feeling this way and what I'm supposed to be doing with this year off, let alone my life. And so I was slipping through the channels and then uh, I saw the commercial that forever changed my life. Yeah. And it was Lauren Toyota and Scotty Willits. And I happened to stop on Much Music and they said, do you want to be the next Much Music DJ? And I was like, why the hell not? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing anyways. And so I put all of my, you know, academic fervor into 
learning everything I possibly could about what it meant to be a VJ, the history of much music. Of course, I was a fan, but I just I needed to study it like I would any other course. I like and so school. I entered into the reality show. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm a science student, but I really love music. And, you know, like I'd love to be on the reality show and you film an audition tape. And I somehow agree. I kept making it past like the the different the rounds. Round. And they were like, okay, great. So you're going to be on the show. We're going to fly you to to Vancouver and you're going to be on the show. We're going to travel across the country. And uh, maybe you make it to the live shows in Toronto and then someone will be crowned the VJ. And I was like, Me? <laughs> Um, okay then. And I was like, I don't know what to wear. Like I'd been looking at the show and I've been seeing all these cool things Liz was wearing. Yeah, yeah, she had the great shoes. And I I, so I went to Giant Tiger and they were having a clearance sale and you know, I didn't have a lot of cash. And I was like, they had great dresses back then and they were like six dollars. And I just JT Boutique. I love Giant Tiger. No, like and country, it's like that's like the store up there. Great. And then yeah. and then, you know, you flew to Vancouver and we were on this reality show. And so that's kind of how my random career in media started it was actually at a place where I was not OK. I was right. not like not sure of who I was. And all of a sudden I was thrust in this wild world where all eyes are on you at all yeah. times. And I was like, oh, I don't even know who I am. But like, <laughs> let's just let's just give this a shot. You know, if all else, I'll just go back to school in the fall. I never thought I was going to win. Never thought I would. I never I just never, ever, ever believed that I would ever be the one picked. But I thought, I don't know what else to do with my life right and now. You I'm to give time. everything I, yeah, exactly. You're like, okay, might as well wow. give it a hundred percent. Just like YOLO. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, like let's I'll try. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and yeah. And it was, I mean, it, I'm so grateful for it. I'm so incredibly grateful for it. I wouldn't say that it helped me feel better because I was still struggling so hard behind the scenes, yeah. but it put my life on a different path and showed me how beautifully big this world is and that there are opportunities behind every corner. And I was at the right place at the right time. And I put a lot of hard work into it and things fell into place. Wow. What Amazing. a great story. And yeah. so then I dropped out of McGill. So <laughs> wow. as my mom likes to say, my daughter's not just a dropout of McGill. She's also a graduate. <laughs> I was very proud that I've graduated and then she slides in that I'm also a dropout. So you go across Canada, then you do the live shows in Toronto, yeah. and you win, and then they offer you a, dro- a job. Yeah, but also, side note, when they when you get to the live shows in Toronto, like, we all thought, the like, DJ Hopefuls, we all thought we were going to be staying in this, like, massive penthouse. We're yeah, like, oh, right. it's going to be so, like, we're going like to have- brother or something. Yeah, like, we're going to have a view of the CN, like, the CN Tower for me was, just being flown to Vancouver was so wild. I was like, I can't believe they're going to pay for my Flight. plane ticket. Yeah, like, like, wow. I don't have to pay- what? I was like, because I didn't have any money at the time. I was like, well, this is wild. And then we get to Toronto. I'm like, oh, it's going to be so fancy. And then they're like, okay, we get to the Much Music studio. And there's a live audience, naturally. And Lauren Toyota is doing her thing. And producers are like, guys, you need to pick your bed. We're like, what do you mean? They're like, no, no, you need to pick your bed. Like, there's beds in the studio. You need to claim it because otherwise you might get next to someone you don't really like. And I was like, that's really <laughs> funny. And they're like, no, like, please go pick your bed. And I was like, oh my gosh, we are sleep- slept there. So we slept, which now, I mean, looking back, it's the best thing that could have happened. Like, because we literally slept, we slept at 299 Queen Street West, which for everyone listening is like HQ of much music um, and has been for a long time. And yeah, so we got to was live and breathe there. Address in Canada. Yeah. So time. that was like, <laughs> it was just like so oh wild. God, and then yeah, at the end, the the prize was a three month gay as a VJ on freaking much music. And somehow that three months has 
since I think I just, yeah, I'm just like celebrating my 10th year. Wow. wow. Oh like, my God. Congratulations. Like great it's wild. Story. Yeah, that gets That's a clap. A I don't know if we've clapped before, yeah. but like, so basically guys, story. if you hit rock bottom, just turn on the television. Yeah. <laughs> there might be a sign from the universe just waiting for you. Yeah. You never know. I mean, that's that's really good. I got like feel for you. Yeah. So this leads into, I guess, um, your exploration of mental health and and turns into Healthy is Hot and your app. Yeah, tell so us, Healthy is Hot. Tell us a bit about that. Was actually born at the same time as me getting into television because I was really like not okay during the VJ search. Like I was really struggling with anxiety and disordered eating and body image and like a whack load of things that I had yet to work through with like therapy and and other modalities. Um, And so as I was going, you know, into this incredible new career on this upward trajectory of like, you know, what it looked like my life, I was still struggling down here. And it got to a boiling point, really, when we traveled across the country, we ended up doing a live sh- a show, sorry, show taping in Ottawa. And my mom lives in Ottawa. So when we got off the bus, she was standing there with a big Chloe for VJ sign. The dog was wearing a Chloe for VJ t-shirt. It was really celebratory. And when I got off the bus, her face went from pure excitement to pure concern. She could see that I was not okay. Like I, I had moved out. Know. Yeah. And I had moved out like many years before. So we didn't see each other on a daily basis. So it had been a minute. So for her, she was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like mom kind of like fire alarms were going off in her brain. And she just looked at me and she was like, look, whatever you decide to do, whether you go back to McGill, whether you do this TV thing, like you got to take care of yourself. Like you have to like you you got to take care of yourself. And it was so simple. It wasn't a big lecture. And that was the night we were staying in this like beautiful hotel that night. And I went to the gym for the first time. And I felt compelled to post a picture on Instagram to my like 40 followers and use the hashtag healthy is hot for the yeah. very first time. I don't know why. I don't know where I maybe I saw that somewhere. I was inspired by it. But it was this weird like public promise to myself that no matter what, I would strive to be healthy. Being hot was like a very big thing yeah, in your yeah. early 20s. Like I don't really use those that language anymore. But also it was like being it was like I've relate to that a lot but it was like being like um like super skinny yes. was hot and it's like actually have being strong and being able to like lift things and being able to take care of yourself and actually eating healthy not starving yourself but like getting good protein like yeah. what a thing to learn you know also, like, being like healthy. that's what I've learned yeah I, I, I relate to this so much those are the years where it was like those super skinny girls and that super skinny stylist. Wasn't yeah, that was like years? 2013. What years were yeah. those? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was, uh, we, we didn't see a lot of That was when Nicole Richie like, was running on the beach and she was yeah. super skinny. Yeah. And yeah, look, like health comes in all shapes and sizes. There are, yeah, are lots of people that happen to be yeah. very, very thin and that's that's healthy that for them. Healthy. Yeah. And there are people that have like beautiful curves and that's mm. healthy for them. And like health for a long time looked a, a certain way in the media. And I think thankfully that's changed. And so healthy is hot was born at the same time I was in television, but it was really, it started off selfishly for me. I was like, I need to figure out how to be healthy because I was running obsessively. I was doing so much cardio and I had vilified bananas because there was too much sugar and I had vilified pasta because there was too many carbs. Like you wouldn't eat bread. Oh my gosh. I relate to this. I missed out on so much life because you restricted my struggles with restricted eating. Mm. And thinking that I was being healthy and looking back, I'm like, oh, babe, like 
Eat the bread. Eat the, it is so, bread is so it's wonderful. Fine. It's fine. And like, you know, you are good. You are so good. Um, and yeah, so Healthy is Hot started as a place for me to figure out like what health meant to me. And I really had to start from from ground zero. And that's when I started working through my anxiety. And, and now anxiety is my friend. Like it will probably always be a part of my life. And so rather than being ashamed of it or trying to hide it behind a corner, I'm like, all right. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to do this thing called life together, like let's find a way to coexist with each other. And it was kind of cool because as I started exploring what Healthy is Hot meant to me, I started seeing other people relate to it as well. And so then it started off as a blog, like so many yeah. people were doing at the time and um, and doing interviews for my day-to-day job. I realized I love the space of interviewing people. And I love holding space for people to tell their stories. Just like you guys do with cast of creators. There's something really special about the podcast medium. And so then it expanded into a podcast. We were lucky enough to turn Healthy is Hot into a Crave series, which was quite an experience. And then, yeah, most recently an app. And the app was interesting because during the pandemic, I think so many of us were craving things to fill our lives yeah, and to connect with, keep yeah, us on track. A hundred percent. And, you know, my work schedule went from traveling every two weeks and a very chaotic entertainment filming schedule to all of a sudden I had all this free time because of the pandemic and I was craving something. So I decided to do an online course and become a health and life coach, go back to my roots of health sciences yeah. and wanting to, to connect with people, help myself and hopefully help other people along the way. And so then as a coach, I started working one-on-one with people and that was incredible rewarding and fulfilling. But then when work started to pick back up, I realized I don't have time to coach people. And so I was like, let me just put all of this into an app. And if people want to use it, amazing. It's resources right in their pocket, a library of various health and life coaching tools and tips and resources that people can use. And that was kind of how it all was born. Wow. Beautiful. That's fantastic. That's great. I love this Healthiest Hot Movement so much. (laughs) I'm so, here for it. Uh, guys, everyone can just come be a part of the HIH family. Yeah. Just in the app store? Oh, yeah, yeah. The app. In Sorry, the app yes. But you can, be in the, you can and, just be and, part of the Android. HIH family wherever you want. But yeah, totally. wherever you find your apps, you can find Healthy is Hot. Okay. Beautiful. Awesome. I know. Sorry. What you're like, can achieve. you please plug where people get it? I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. right. I'll link right. it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like the app. worst business person ever, guys. No. no. I think if someone Definitely is, um, you know, uh, finding a life coach, can we maybe a challenging thing or finding the right person. And I've been through a bunch of, you know, the stuff in your app. And I think if someone's looking for a great, uh, great coach, you know, you, the way that you talk about things that you've been through, it's, um, you can really relate to it and it's honest and it's positive. And yeah, I think, I think it's great. I appreciate it. I also think working with a coach more on one, like is so powerful. Like I think, I think if it is within your budget and your means and you find someone you relate to, I really think working one-on-one with a coach can be so, so powerful. I have. But the app I wanted to create for people that maybe that wasn't within their financial means and maybe they wanted to just like, you know, dip their toes into what it meant to work with a coach just so almost as an introductory, definitely not to replace what it is to work one-on-one with a coach, but just to at least like, you know, learn a little bit about gratitude and water intake and thoughtfulness and mindfulness and moving your body and, you know, dealing with food. So Anyways, you were one of the first ones to like hop on. I was like, guys, just come on for a month and then cancel. I just want people to experience yeah. it and like mm-hmm. just start getting it. curious about what health means to them and how they show up for themselves every day or maybe how they aren't showing up for themselves. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. It's great. I'm actually, I'll check it out. Hey, so check it out. That's terrifying because yeah. you're like a builder of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to be like, this is very faulty. I don't no, no. I think you'll love it. I think you'll love it. Your interface. I, I would compliment that as someone who's been working with Nelson and Hubbard. You know, it's very clean. And, yeah, it's great. I bet it's great. Yeah, it's and, really um, 
So when did you start the cold dipping? Oh, I'm so glad we're talking. I love cold exposure I love so cold much. And I know you, you love the cold exposure. Anyone else on yet who's like, I'm a cold dip buddy. Oh, yes. And I was like, yeah, Chloe. I mean, the only time we really hang out is go dunking ourselves in cold ass freezing water. Those are some of my yeah. favorite moments I with know, people. Like, so I see like there's a select group of people that I often only will ever see in cold, cold exposure. Dips. And like they're such special moments oh, that they're also positive. Yeah. And just like feeling good. Like I just get so energized. I'm like, <laughs> you I up right now. She's like, I'm in there. I'm like, yeah, I'm going home to go in my cold tub. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you got into cold exposure, but again, I, I hate that I keep talking about the pandemic, but that's really when I got into it. People were baking sourdough bread to feel better. People were tie-dyeing sweatsuits to feel better. I was trying to do absolutely everything within my toolbox to feel better. My anxiety was really out of control at a certain point. It was really affecting my quality of life and nothing was working. And I was just searching for something and I kept seeing these People going yeah. in Lake Ontario yeah. in the middle of winter. You're like, these people are crazy. I, I was like, like, that was, I remember Sean yeah. had, Sean had done like a Wim Hof course and I was like, you're crazy going in the lake. And then. Breathe in, I, breathe out. Yeah, I was, breathe yeah. in, breathe out. Like a wave. Breathe in, out. You know? And, and when he first did it, I was like, you're crazy. And then I did. And I was like, I feel like I'm like high off this. Like I just felt so like nothing else. And when we were up at the cottage, it was like, oh, well, well, I guess I'm just going to be a cold dipper. Cause it, if you did that, if you start your day with a cold dip, that's going to be most likely the hardest thing you're going to face that day. You'd you hope. can get through that. You can get through anything else. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It's like anxiety. Fuck you, man. I'm going to dump myself in cold <laughs> water in my mind and like my breathing. I'm going to overtake any challenge I had that day. Yeah, I like I wish that I wish I could sit here and say my first experience was beautiful. It was so rough. It was it hurts every it time. was so rough. I it swore the whole hurts. time there was these like amazing experienced dippers also there. I was there with Lisa from Unbounded and there was a crew and they were so calm and present <laughs> and I'm there and I'm like, fuck this shit. This is the fucking worst. My feet are on fire. It was like the least graceful thing I've ever done in my life. But what I will say what like had me going back is that for that you know I was probably in there for like 40 seconds yeah but that's for that like 40 seconds my brain didn't think about all of those thoughts that had become ruminating thoughts and for like a minute I was able to almost like have a record scratch you know when you're listening to a vinyl and it scratches it it's really jarring that's what the cold exposure did to some of my thought patterns that I felt stuck in and And because of that, I was able to recalibrate a lot of my thought patterns. So that was the first thing where I was like, whoa, I finally feel different. And I just wanted to feel different. And then as I started to explore my like cold exposure practice, I was obsessed with the scientific research, obsessed with like the, the physical benefits, the mental health benefits, how it affects your sleep and your decision abilities and just your it was just incredible the way that it allowed you to show up with so much more grit and resiliency mm. in the rest of your day and that's what kept me going back for a little while and then I got really obsessed with the people who do cold exposure and I was like there's a bunch of weirdos here and I think these are my weirdos yeah, I think I like, love them they're getting up before the sun comes up in the middle of winter to go to, go to a lake and then we like hang out and then we go and we, we all like have great scream days around a fire maybe or yeah. something like it's a little bit like a cult but I'm very proud to be part of the cult like I have drank the Kool-Aid and and it is yeah. great. It's totally, it's so fun. I'm obsessed. Nelson, have you done it? Yeah, well, I've got a bit of a question about it, okay? <laughs> so people will go and buy these, you know, $1,000 tubs. Okay? 100%. Yeah. Why can't you just use your own tub with you ice? You do it. You can you do that. I've done that. Then, you, you just know, get like, a bunch of ice, put it in your tub. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, so then, can, but don't, aren't you doing the same thing outside? You're trying to put, you, you still have to put ice in it, right? Like, I why would I buy it in the winter and it, I don't well, put the ice winters, in it? Yeah. But in the summer, I just put ice mm-hmm. in it. But I right. have like a. But why would I buy a tank. cold plunge tub when I've got a tub? Just and have a I cold could shower. Use it, right? I mean, to look, to, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong yeah, way right. to so fold it. So I could it. just you fill could just my tub and, with yeah. cold water yeah. and do it there. I, I'm uh-huh. definitely okay. throwing some ice for sure. Yes, yeah. throwing some ice. But like, this okay. is my thing. So my, what temperature are you going in at? I just want to say one thing before we move on. Yeah. Do not mess with my shower or bathtub space. My no, shower that's... bathtub space is my happy place. It I'm is with my you. warm and cozy place. So for that reason, I would be one of those people that would have a DIY tub or who would spend the uh, thousands okay. of dollars because I and I also really love dipping outside. Me I think too. there's something really cool about doing something so extreme and like either being rained on or being snowed on or having yeah. the sun on your face or hearing the birds. Like that, for me, that's what I love. But again, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way to okay, do it. Okay, so there's no actual no, technical reason why you couldn't just use a tub. No, it's my... a money making thing and I'm I'm probably, honestly, I'm probably going to spend the thousands. Well, I got my <laughs> stock tank. I bought a farm, a stock tank from the farming right. store that was $250 and right. it has a valve. You can take the water out. Mm. I use my hose on my roof. I fill it up, throw some ice in there if I need to. Like, right. it's fine. Okay. It was $250 in the middle of the pandemic. I don't think it was that like, yeah. it was a little bit more expensive, okay. yeah. I think. Farming stuff and rural things like that got really. <laughs> yeah, things went right up, right up. Yeah. And as far as like temperature wise, I mean, look, I'm no, I, I like to pretend I'm a scientist. I'm definitely not a scientist, but I think you start to feel benefits like anywhere like seven's probably warm for people who are experienced, yeah. but you can experience benefits around like seven and below. You would just maybe want to stay a bit longer. Yeah. Like I went, I just went to um, Veta, the Nordic spa Ooh. and their cold tub was like seven degrees. Yeah. And I was in there for like over 10 minutes. I was like, yeah. this is, this is balmy. I had the sun on my face and I, I loved it. And other people were like, I just, I'm like, it's okay. I was like, I was the guide, you know, <laughs> um, you know, control your breathing, but you can go in the, I've cut an ice hole in the lake with a chainsaw and gone in. And that's like, Probably two. Yeah. No, it's like zero. Yeah. Like if it's slushy on the top, you're like hovering just above zero. Uh Yeah. Because the water wants to freeze. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Guys, basically just. Call me Dr. Wild. <laughs> come, come. That'd be great, yeah. actually. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. Get arrested so quick. <laughs> Dr. Wild. Well, Dr. Wild, thank you for joining us. Oh, guys. Anytime. No, this was yeah. great. You guys are amazing. Fun. I love what so you guys fun. are doing. Love the conversations you're having. Thank the you. spaces you're like allowing people to like play in. And the fact that I got to be a part of it just oh, fills my heart with so much joy. Well, thank amazing. you. That's very kind. Thank you. It's awesome that you're here with us. Also, Nelson, you're doing a cold dip with us next year. No yeah. problem. Okay. No Cast problem. of creators, yeah. audience, you have heard it right <laughs> no. here. Okay. You're no problem. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm Bye. in. Two, three, four.